I don't know how many of you are aware, probably none would be aware of this, but maybe, that um, there is a a tendency, even with among Bible-believing people, evangelical Christians these days, to... um, to get I, what I would say the message mixed up a little bit, to not have things be as as clear about, especially some even central things to the Bible, as they're not as clear as they need to be. It reminds me a little bit of the fact that Megan, Megan, our daughter, went to Australia on Sunday last week. She left on Sunday night. And we said to her, make sure when you get there that you text us or you Facebook us or something to let us know, you know, that everything was okay. So that was Sunday. We didn't hear anything on Monday. We didn't hear anything on Tuesday. We didn't hear anything on Wednesday. We didn't hear anything on Thursday. And Friday night, we were out to dinner, and I felt my phone buzz. So I pulled it out, and I look at it, and it's a text from Megan, and she says, just want to let you know we got to Australia safely. And by this time, she's been there five days. Well, we kind of assumed, because we hadn't heard anything, that she was there safely. But, you know, one never knows. So finally, on Friday night, she lets us know that she's there safely. I don't know what the deal was, but she somehow she got the message a little bit uh, messed up there. Well, the world today, or the Christian world, a lot of times today will be will focus on things which are in themselves wonderful, but but I think they get things sometimes a little out of whack. And what I mean is this: today in our Christian world, a lot of times people love to talk about social justice, which is a very good thing. I'm grateful that we that we as Christians talk about social justice. I'm glad that we care about the poor. I'm glad that we want to minister to those who are the down and outs of society, the disenfranchised, prisoners, you know, the whole notion of setting the captives free. All of that is is very good, and I'm glad that we do that. But along with that, unfortunately, there tends to be an attitude that says, what happens after death is not all that important. And people are not as concerned about eternal life, and they're not as concerned about the notion of resurrection from the dead, literal resurrection, life from literal death. They're not as concerned about that as they used to be. And it's because they think, well, the church kind of focuses on this, this end, and we miss all these things that go on around us in the present. And we need to be ministering in the present. And I get that. I think we should be. And I, and I definitely have a, a concern for those things. I want to make sure that we don't miss these things that are going on around us. We want to minister to the poor. But it's a mistake, in my view, for us to, in the process, miss the things that go on as far as eternal life and all that comes to us. One of the things that comes to us through the cross of Jesus and then the resurrection of the Christ is the notion of grace. Grace is everywhere throughout this process of cross and resurrection. We're going to see another video right now, which is going to talk a bit about that. This whole notion of of grace being there in the midst of cross and resurrection. And it's it's like the other one in terms of uh, the presentation. I I think this does well uh, in in talking specifically about the, the grace that's there in resurrection. Grace is God's unmerited favor for us, his crazy love. And the truth is, many times we struggle understanding it. If you find yourself struggling to understand God's grace, 
Don't beat yourself up. Even the disciples struggled with understanding grace. Jesus said you, you're alive. I can't believe you're alive. Okay, I was in the boat and I wasn't catching any fish, okay? But I heard this voice and the voice said, cast your net to the other side. And so I'm thinking, I'm a fisherman. I know what I'm doing, but I'm not catching any fish, you know? And so I throw that net over there and then a gaggle of fish pop into that net and I'm going, this is a total miracle. Who could have done that? I need to know who told me to throw the net to the other side. And boom, I look up and I mean, there is you. You're looking at me on the seashore going, it is I, the Lord, and you're alive. I can't believe you're alive. This is awesome. Andrew, get out of the boat. Come on. Peter, yeah. Do you love me? Yes, I love you. I love you. You're alive. This is so great. Good. Then feed my sheep. Andrew, get out of the boat. Come on, man. It's him. Peter. Yeah. Do you love me? I love you. Yes. And I'm so sorry about that rooster cluck. And I had no idea what that meant, but I do not. I'm better for it. All right. Okay. Then feed my sheep. Andrew, I'm smiling, but I'm serious. Come on, get out of the boat. It's him. Peter. Yeah. Do you love me? Jesus, mere words cannot describe the passion that I have for you. I love you. You know everything. I love you. Good. Good. Then feed my sheep. I didn't even know you had livestock. That is so like you, though. There's something new about you all the time. That's what I love about you. Peter, do you remember uh, the morning the ladies went to the tomb? Yeah, 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 yeah. We're all in the upper room trying to figure out what to do next, you know, because we thought you were dead. You know, you were dead, you know, and we're trying to figure all that out, you know. And Mary comes running up, and Mary's like saying, beehive, beehive, beehive. And I'm thinking, I'm allergic to bees. Like, keep them out. You know what I'm saying? But as she kept getting closer, I heard her correctly. She was saying, he's alive, he's alive, he's alive. And we're going, who's alive, who's alive? And she said, she was at the tomb, and the tomb was empty. And she said that there was an angel there. And the angel said, go tell the disciples and Peter that everything is okay. He is risen. And so me and John, we hightailed it down there. And if John says he beat me, he's totally lying. All right. I beat him. FYI. All right. You know, and we get down there and I'm looking in that tomb and it is, it is empty. There's nothing in there. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, what does this mean? What does this mean? And John is right there. John is so good with words. He should write a book. He is so good with words. And John said, don't you get it, Peter? This is everything Jesus said he was going to do. And you did it and it's done. Let's go. This is so great. Wait, yeah. the angel said what? Uh, go tell the disciples and Peter that everything is okay. He is risen. You've risen. Let's go. This he is said okay. what? Go tell the disciples and Peter. Go tell the disciples and Peter. You said my name. Why did you say my name? Peter, that's grace. No, no, I don't I don't deserve that because that night people kept coming up to me asking me if I belonged to you, if I was with you, and I kept denying you left and right, all right? No, it'll take me my whole life to make up for what I did. It was unforgivable for no, what I did. No. What I did on the cross was meant to take what is unforgivable and make it forgivable. That's my grace. It's not about you. It's always about me. That's grace, Peter. There is indeed grace in the story of the resurrection event. And we need to recognize that. We need to realize that. We need to acknowledge it and allow the fullness of his grace to wash over us and to bless us. I don't know if that's where uh, you're at today. 
Like, I don't know if you're a Christian who recognizes, like, the full value of what it means to have received Christ and to take in and receive all the impact of the resurrection from the dead. I don't know if you're a person who doesn't know Jesus. And, and when I say doesn't know Jesus, it, it may be that you come here today because it's Easter Sunday and that's what we do. Uh, a lot of people are doing that today. And maybe we did that in the past. I did that as a child. I, I went to church with my parents as a kid. And, and then even as I was growing up, we continued to go. And at least on Easter Sunday, we would go to church. And so it's possible that you came specifically because it's Easter. And we think, well, that's what we do. That's what we're supposed to do. And that's right. I think that's good. But there is so much more there that the grace of Christ wants to offer to us in both the cross and the resurrection than what we can take in and apply, understand in one day called Easter. It's so much different than that. And we see that in this event depicted in the video. This is a story right at the end of the Gospel of John. Where Peter, just prior to this, had denied Christ. He denied him three times. And of course, after he denies him the third time, a rooster crows and lets him know, indeed, this is what you've done. So now we find Jesus saying to Peter, do you love me? And three times he says, do you love me? For each of the times that Peter denies Christ... Jesus says, do you love me? And three times Peter says, yes. And he brings him back into the fold. And I think it depicts it well. Where all of a sudden Peter recognizes what's happening as Jesus says, you've denied me. And the grace of Christ is, is so beautifully portrayed in this last chapter in the Gospel of John, as Jesus allows Peter, welcomes Peter, invites Peter back into his ministry, back into who he is and what he's planning for the world, as he says, do you love me? And so in this resurrection-filled moment where new life is first given to Jesus, but then new life is given to Peter also. We find grace and something in which we can all share. I don't know if you ever denied Christ, whether by your actions, your words. It's possible that you have. Sometimes I think that the sin in my own life is a denial of Jesus. But the grace of the resurrection is that new life can come to me. And Jesus doesn't just forgive me. He, he certainly forgives me. And that's this incredible blessing that we call Good Friday. But it's not just that he forgives me. He, in fact, gives me new life. He gives me a new start, a new opportunity. And he says to me, 
literally, I think, feed my sheep, Kelly. As he embraces me again and allows me to love him. And, and he's my Lord. Even though I have sometimes done what Peter did. And my guess is you have too. So I want to minister in the way that the world talks about in terms of feeding the poor, taking care of the sheep, doing good to others, blessing those who have needs. And there's actually a call here for me to do that. But what makes that possible is his resurrection. The, the new life and the power that's there that comes to me and allows me to live new. And so it is a mistake, I think, when the world says, that feeding sheep is all that we're about now and we're not so interested in resurrection from the dead and the eternal life that's going to come because there really is that. And it goes from allowing me to minister here to the grace that allows me to live with him eternally. And this is, this is something that should be meaningful to us because if nothing else, because of the last week or so that we've lived in the life of our church family. In the last week, we had Ray Clark pass away. And in last week, Diane Bean found out that her life was threatened by cancer and she had cancer surgery on Thursday. And then, of course, we learned that, that Piper Clark has now experienced all that she's experienced. And, and there is a sense in which people are waiting and wondering how long Piper will have left on this earth. And I have to admit that, you know, over the last week, there were some hard times. There were some, I won't say down times, but just hard times, hard wrestling. And being around my brothers and sisters who, in so many ways, have been hurting in the last week. But out of that kind of darkness and pain comes the message that Christ is risen from the dead. And for us, this is, it's not just an idle claim. It's not just religious language. You know, we don't come here this morning and just go through some rituals and talk about Jesus and him rising from the dead in some ritualistic way. We talk about Jesus rising from the dead because to us it is absolutely real. And we've experienced in the last week, even, the power of what it means to know that Jesus rose from the dead and he extends to us this grace of resurrection and this opportunity for new life. And if you're Eileen Clark, that means an awful lot this week. And while the doctor report about Diane is very good, if it wasn't, it would still mean, of course, so much to know about the resurrection from the dead. And for Jordan and Carrie, do they not think about it every moment? I think they do. I was watching this week a story that was on ESPN talking about a little boy named Josiah Vieira. Josiah is 27 inches high. He is 15 and a half pounds. And he's six years old. And the reason that he is so small is because he has progeria, 
which is, if I'm saying that right, which is a disease, and we've all heard of this, the disease that ages you very rapidly. And so for him, every year is like 10 years. There are 13 children in the United States that have this disease. It is so rare. There are 54 children around the world who have that disease. It is so rare. One in four million. Get it. And Josiah has gone through some really hard times. And it looked like for a while he wasn't going to make it. They've told him that he will live between 8 and 13 years. But they thought he was going to die much earlier. Just some things happened. He has lived through that. When you watch him uh, on the video that I saw, his legs are just pencils. But what he loves to do, and it's the only thing he loves to do, is play baseball. And that's why it was on ESPN, is because they were doing a documentary of, of the response to him and his love for baseball. And at one point, he, he went to a coach. And of course, he's way smaller than all the other kids his age. But he went to a coach and he said, I'd like to be able to play baseball on your team. And the coach said, sure, that's fine. And Josiah can't really play. He, he hits and he runs and he throws a little bit. But he loves to hit. He loves to run to first base. And so the, the documentary went on and they talked about how, because of his story, there are like thousands of people now who come out to his games because they want to watch this little kid play baseball. And it was just, it was precious, the story. But what was really neat was that uh, they had this, you know, prominent sports uh, interviewer there. I didn't recognize him, don't know who he was, but he, you know, he works for ESPN. He's got to be somebody. And he's there doing an interview with Josiah. And Josiah is just standing there in his baseball uniform. And the guy says to him, tell me about heaven. What do you think heaven is like? And Josiah just as quick as that said, heaven is God. And then the interviewer said, well, who is God? And Josiah, just like that, said, God is Jesus. And that was the only part of the documentary that was in any way religious, really. The mother who was being interviewed, she talked a bit about God and Josiah's special place in the world. But here was just this beautiful summation and claim by this little boy. And what's beautiful is that he has that kind of faith, the faith of a child, and he's going there. And whether he knows it or not, everybody else knows that he's going there. And so here on ESPN, uh, being shown before millions of people, I'm sure that film has been seen, is a very simple claim. What is heaven about? Heaven's about God. What is God about? God is about Jesus. And a proclamation there of the gospel because Jesus rose from the dead. And he gives that good news to this 27-inch high little boy who is maybe, maybe by now gone to see Jesus. And we, we have that blessing in our church because we're not separated from the realities of life. Ray died last week. Diane got cancer. And Piper, well, we know the story. Aren't you grateful? Don't you praise the Lord that Jesus rose from the dead today? Aren't you glad 
that no matter how long Piper lives on this earth, that she's going to go and see Jesus and see her little big brother, Drew? Isn't it wonderful that Ray Clark is gone, but he doesn't just leave from here and go nowhere. He goes to be in the presence of the Lord. And for those reasons today, we can really rejoice. There is real rejoicing that can take place because of the resurrection of Jesus. So we come today and we celebrate today resurrection because God brought Jesus back from the dead. One day he will bring us all and that same new life and give us a chance to live with him forever and ever. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Holy Father, we love you. We praise you. We give you honor and glory. And specifically today, God, we give you honor and glory for the resurrection from the dead. And Father, while there's this tendency for people to be thinking about the here and now and and even wanting to just minister to the here and now, help us not to let go of something that is so crucial for all of us. This opportunity that everyone has who knows Jesus to spend eternity with you forever. And Father, for those who in any way today waver, about who Jesus is in their own lives. Father, bless them with faith and understanding. Help them, Father, to to know and, and one day experience the resurrection from the dead. Thank you for Jesus. It's through him that we pray. Amen.